So they're like, could, would she mind taking another one? And also if she could smize, that would be <laughs> great. And you guys know the term smize from America's Next Model. <laughs> okay, and then what I proceeded to take were some of the most unhinged photos uh, in which I look actually insane. Like my eyes are... So it turns out I actually... Do, I would not have made it on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I cannot smize to save my damn life. I look so crazy. Good morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been a fucking time. What a time. It's been, been a time, time to be alive. I know. I feel like I've delivered too much bad news to you via text lately. I was upset about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know you were. I mean, I it's it's one of those things where I'm like would the person rather hear it from me. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the death of Flacco the Owl. The news broke Friday night. I had done that Instagram Live with uh, Cure Thrift and done the pig pot raffle. We raised so much money for abortion funds. Um, like, honestly, I think like, I think it's like, $12,000 or That's amazing. 14. I know. I can't, I'm waiting for the final number because like some people didn't end up buying the, th you know what right, I mean? Like, right, yeah. So like the pe some people that were like, I'll buy that shirt. Like they had buyer's the remorse. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I get it, guys. I get it. Um, No shade. No shame. It happens. I mean, you guys, I accidentally bought like a really expensive donation to a charity once for like a house in Cabo that then the pandemic happened and I never even got to use it. Oh man. And I, I did, but I, I did pay about, for, I did pay for it. Oh, you did I mean, pay. <laughs> well, I, I did. <laughs> I, I talked did about accidentally ordering, um, buying too many chairs at an auction. Well, and I think we all know about my curtains. Right. right. So I understand. So, uh, I understand. But anyway, yeah. I'm waiting for like the actual final number of what we raised um, between that and the garage sale. And uh, it's just like, but it is, it's great. And then I saw Olivia Rodrigo uh, is giving a portion of her ticket sales from her concert to the National Network of Abortion Funds as well, which partners with local organizations and help that's people. incredible it's incredible but but i had done that live which was like a lot it was actually like a lot it, was it takes a lot of stressful. energy yeah yeah um and uh jeremy who works at cure thrift with liz who is like he's like done this his whole life like he's yeah. uh he's so cool i really like those guys over there they're yeah, so cool yeah. they're a good team over there they really are um but he had it all like worked out, but I just felt like Wah! the whole thing was stressed. I kept getting kicked off the live. Yeah, like I was like, a, so it was just like a, was just, it's like just a, a three lot. person telethon DIY. Yes. Yeah. Plus, Birdie had just gotten back for Sport Luf, <laughs> <laughs> which is like this week, I guess, in Sweden, all of Sweden, they just don't go to school or work and it's they a go. It's holiday. They just go 
do whatever skiing or sports they want to do, winter sports they want to do. So Bertie had just gotten back that day. Yeah. And was with me and then wanted to go to Hot Pot. And then I accidentally left my phone in Cure Thrift. Ugh. And then had to call poor Liz Wolf and make her walk back to let me in. But I had to, like, get her number from Mark and, like, have Birdie. It was, like, a whole thing. Yeah. And then I got my phone and was walking outside and looked down and you had texted, oh, no, Flacco, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? And then, because the truth is, if I hadn't forgotten my phone, it would have just been in my purse because I'm making a concerted effort with the kid to, like, not look at my phone when I'm, like, hanging out with both of them. Which is so you know? great. Yeah. I'm trying. It's yeah. not easy, guys. And I just, no shade or sh- whatever. Why do I keep saying that today? What's going on with me? Like, no shade. <laughs> it's, it's 2006. <laughs> it is. In my brain, fucking always. But anyway, like, I just, like, wouldn't have even looked at it until right. I got home later. Right. But then I saw it, and then I was like, what? And then... I was distraught and went back to Hot Pot and, like, could not stop sobbing over my fucking steaming bowl of broth. And Birdie was like, I don't understand. Is this really just about an owl? And I was like, it is. Also, it's about what the owl represented to all of us and about the fragility of beautiful things and about my friend Kate and just all of these things. And I just was like, I can't. And like you, (laughs) Bernie, it's about you. Right. And Gaza, like it literally was like, no, it's not the owl. It's fucking everything. Right. (laughs) That embryos are fucking people. Like I can't. And I like lost my mind at Hot Pot and... Then had a moment where I was like, oh, shit, you got to get it together because this is, like, not okay for your child, you know. What happens when you lose it in a restaurant? Like, what did you even, like, did they bring you a free appetizer? What do you? No, no one even paid attention. (laughs) (laughs) I cry, you know, I used to cry in restaurants all the time. That used to be kind of like my... The time we went to Petty Cash, you were visiting town, and we went to Petty Cash. <sighs> Always crying. And in Petty they Cash. like sat us in a picnic table because we wanted to eat outside, uh-huh. right out front. It was like the most centrally located picnic yes. table, and I was like, "Shoot, should we ask for another table? Because I feel like there's going to be tears at this dinner, and like it doesn't need to be like we don't need to be doing it front and center. Like maybe we want a little right. privacy for tears." And But I didn't because I was like, if she's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Let's just sit here and, like, maybe there won't be any tears. Not only was there crying because, like, you were going through some shit, but for whatever reason, every person I knew in Los Angeles was at Petty Cash that night. And they kept coming over to the the table to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Busy. And I'm like, this is my friend Busy. She's crying. Yeah. It was. That was. That was an evening. It was so weird and such a like, because I get it. Like I kept being like, I wish someone would notice that she's crying before they came over to the table, but nobody does because you're not looking out for that. You know what I mean? Like you're not, that's not on your radar, especially if you're approaching from behind. But don't you feel like that speaks to a bigger thing about just people in general, which is that most of the time they're just only 
in their own experience and they're not really like, as we like to say, reading the room. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, no. To answer your question, well, first of all, luckily at Hot Pot, they had sat us at this booth that behind, I was facing Birdie and behind Birdie was just a wall. Okay. You know, so, so I was like facing a wall. Right, right. So it and wasn't like, as So bad it wasn't as it, it wasn't that been. crazy. No, no, no. Oh, but I was like God. fully sobbing. And uh <laughs> and it was something it was something to behold, I'm sure. If if anyone had paid attention. But also I'm sure they were just like fucking crazy white lady. Like who yeah, knows probably. what's going on with her. Or they were like, it's about Flacco. That's what everyone's crying about. It was so early though, the news really I feel like hadn't fully broken. You were like an, you knew before the New York Times. I don't know. I, it was CBS News broke at first. Yes. And and I, you know, because I wasn't on um, Twitter, never calling it anything but Twitter. Right, right. Um, I hadn't checked Twitter because my entire Twitter feed, by the way, I had called the feed before I like deleted it off my phone. And it literally is just like Manhattan bird alert, Flocko the owl, uh, and this woman named like Jocelyn U W S for Westside, who yeah. was just like a person that took pictures of Flacco daily. So like literally, had I gone on Twitter, <laughs> it would have just been like my, oh my entire God. feed, right? Because Manhattan right. Bird Alert, you probably saw it on Twitter because Manhattan Bird Alert had posted much earlier in the evening right. that there had that Flacco had been found. They're like the, the TMZ of birds. Yes. Well, in, in New York, certainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it was really, uh, really, it's been really sad. It was really, really sad. It's yeah. really sad. It's really sad. Little guy. It's really sad. He's not the first owl I've lost in my life when... Eli was a kid. He volunteered at the nature center, the local nature center. And there was a little owl there that I loved that you weren't supposed to make eye contact with because it. it did something like psychologically to the owl, I guess, like it, it intimidated him or something. He didn't like it. He was so sweet. I loved that little owl and I loved looking at him out of the corner of my eye whenever I visited and he passed prematurely just, I don't even know why, I think just like... I don't even know why. I couldn't even say why. I have um, a little feather of Flacco's up on my bulletin board. You do? Yeah. Um, Flacco. I ripped it out of him. No, I'm kidding. You Flacco, guys, I it was on you. the ground, but under his tree when I visited him. Oh, I just woman, felt like it, for me, just so you know, like I do not love to glibly deliver bad news. Obviously, you're the first person I thought of when so I... So many people DM'd and... Or I'm posted sure. on uh, Insta that they felt like that when they heard the news, they thought of me. Oh um, my gosh. I just love that little guy so I much. Know. We all did. He really yeah. was such a symbol for the city and for, well, for the pandemic. For, and yeah, like survival. pandemic and survival and just so many things. And I know you were not trying to glibly deliver the 
tragedy, the tragic news. Um, no, I know, but I'm just like, I would rather that she hear it from me, but then I'm like, oh my God, this is like my hundredth bad news text, I feel like, in the past year. I know it's not, but it feels like it. It feels like I'm just like, oh yeah. no, this bad thing happened. Oh no, that bad thing happened. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but I have some good news, and I hope I he doesn't. Wait. I hope he doesn't mind my saying. Speaking of Twitter, and we're only calling it Twitter. Um, I am Twitter friends with Michael Threets, the library guy that everybody loves, who announced that he uh, was stepping down from his position at the Solano Public Library just to prioritize his mental health. And I know people, like, that was a lot of my feed, too. Uh, a lot of people worried about Michael. And uh, so I just sent him a little message saying that we love him and we love everything that he's done and that I just hoped that he was well. And he sent me the nicest response saying that, he loves how much we love libraries on the podcast and Aww, uh, so just sweet, very sweet, such a sweet guy, but he is taking care of himself and I'm just, I'm very hopeful for him. He's the kind of person that instills a lot of hope in me and just wanted to say that he sent me a little reply to my well wishes and we just love him. We love you, Michael, and we hope that you're great. And I'm rooting, I like commented on his post just saying like that I know that whatever he decides to do he will bring as much light and shine as brightly as he has been shining and also um that I love that he's like figuring out how to protect his own peace because that is a thing that I think we all need to do I was talking about this yesterday with a with a therapist, with a therapist who's like, she does a lot of, she's like a breath work. She's like breath work type stuff, you know, okay. like kind of like yogic, somatic guys. Everybody's into somatic healing now. They'll just like yes, get yeah. into it. But anyway, yeah. but she was talking about how the amount of information and tragedy is incomprehensible. Like it's yeah. too, it, we're, we're being inundated sort of constantly. Yes. And especially for people and maybe someone listening identifies as such, I know I am, who can be highly sensitive. Um, it's actually not, it's not helpful for me. Right. Like, and because a lot of times it ends up feeling so overwhelming that they're that you lose hope, you know? Right. And you know, it's interesting in like thinking about Gaza, like what's happening in the Middle East, um, what's happening in our own country, what's happening in other countries. Right. It can feel like so much that I, you know, you can just be like, well, there's no, why? Like there are studies or not studies, but like they know that like people are giving less to charity and people, and I think it's because people are feeling like it's not making a difference. Right. Like that there's no reason to continue to show up in traditional ways, you know? Um, but we have to return to like, and I, you and I've talked about this before on this podcast and I just like, 
had to re-remind myself yesterday um, that we have to return to the small. Like we yeah. have to return to the to the connection one-on-one one on one with people, to the small kindnesses, to the making differences where we can, when we can, showing up, you know, entrusting in systems of change that can work if everybody shows up, yeah. you know? Yeah. And not getting so overwhelmed by the devastation and the trauma of it, which is which feels impossible sometimes. It feels impossible sometimes. But we, but I don't know. That's just, yeah, a thought I've been having. Yeah, I, I think of it like it just feels like we're on this series of tipping points all the time. Mm. Mm. And you know, when you think of like when you visualize a tipping point for something, the thing that's on top of it which is us in this analogy, is trying to balance. You're trying to stay on top of it and not mm -hmm. tip one way or the other. And like for me, because of like my physical challenges, uh, balance is something that I think about a lot. It's something that like has always had to be part of my life is just working on like physical balance. And it's tiring. It's so exhausting to try to like hold myself balanced and straight and upright sometimes, you know? And so at the end of a long time of trying to just be balanced, it's exhausting. That's just the visual that I have in mind is that like everybody is trying to keep from tipping over and they're tense and straining to try to keep from tipping over into this place where they don't want to go. And then sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. But then the very next day, you're set up on another tipping point for just all of these subjects that you were mentioning, Busy, and so many millions more. Not to mention like all of the personal tipping points that we're all having. Like people are looking for jobs or they're worried about their futures financially. And it's a lot to carry. And I do wish that collectively we could hold each other up mm. uh, a little. Went wrong. Oh, God. Please try again. My phone's. What? My phone's saying something went wrong. I just wish <laughs> that. <laughs> I wish that, we, yeah, that we had this like collective strength, this like teamwork. But it's really hard because we've set ourselves up to be so individualistic mm. that. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is because sometimes I feel like gosh, I'm so independent and so on my own and like we've talked about a million times like where is my community and like what is my community doing? I've been trying. I've been trying, but man, it's fucking hard. It's so fucking hard. Casey, it's so hard. I have to write a keynote, the keynote for the ACLU Illinois luncheon that I'm going to this week. Yeah. And I have sat down 17 times and I'm like, at a loss. Like yeah. every time I'm like, uh, <sighs> but I did feel after yesterday, after like going through how overwhelming it's all been feeling, realizing that the only answer continues to be 
going small. Yeah. Like, look, maybe like the amount of money that we raised in our live for abortion funds is like, whatever. I hope it's a drop in the bucket compared to what Olivia Rodrigo is going to be able to donate. But like, <laughs> but like, it's something. You know what I mean? It's 100% something. It is. It is. That's right. And while we're continuing to kind of like try to course correct all of these things that are happening in especially in in our world and in the world the larger world i think we have to protect our peace too a little yes. bit yes and like not get so overwhelmed that it becomes impossible you know, to even comprehend how we can, what the way forward is. Right. You know, and I know people, everybody's got different thoughts and feelings about it, you know. Right. But I don't know. But that's part of mine, I guess. What at least part of it. So is that 14 minutes? Can I say that in the ACLU speech? No. (laughs) Just have to work. I'm going to have to work a little bit. Yeah. A little bit longer on it. Okay. Well, I know. Well, you're doing, you're doing a lot of things because I know that you're also doing another event coming up that you also have to deliver remarks for. That's also for another good cause. So you're, you're doing it. You're out there. This is so funny that we have a new advertiser on our podcast and it's Ritual Plant-Based Essential Protein Daily Shake. This has been the protein powder I've been using for like over a year. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. I was in LA and I was like talking to a friend of mine and I'm like, I really want like a plant-based protein. But I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they taste so weird. (laughs) And you know what I mean? And yeah, so they're anyway, hard to mix and they're chalky. Yeah, my friend and, Ashley yeah. literally was like, here, try this and gave me Ritual and I became obsessed with it. It's so good. It's like a little delicious vanilla treat. I can put it in my smoothies. It gives me all the protein because, you know, I'm not great at remembering to eat. We know this about me. Right. But then I hit the wall where I'm like, I need protein or I'm going to pass out. Right, Or my brain just isn't working right. You know what I mean? What I love about it truly is that it tastes so good that you can just drink it like in cold water, shake it up and drink it. Yeah, just shake it up real quick and drink it, yes. But my two favorite ways of making it, of course, is like I love a a little fruit smoothie. Right. And you know, I add spinach, which is controversial. No, I agree with it, though. It's not controversial with me. I agree with that. You know, my smoothie, guys, my smoothies, I'll just give you the recipe. It's like I do an, uh, like a non-milk milk, like a oat a or an almond. Milk. Yeah. Sure. Whatever, whatever you've got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I will do that. Then I like my berries frozen, mostly blueberries, half a frozen banana. Did I say the ritual? Essential protein powder. Okay. Protein powder. Some almond butter. Ooh. I throw in a little almond butter and then I do like a handful of the spinach, of like baby spinaches. I think that's a wonderful recipe. I love the protein powder. I was just going to tell people a little bit more about it. It's organic pea protein derived from non-GMO, regeneratively farmed in the U.S. of A., rigorously tested for heavy metals, 
and free from 250 plus banned substances. Wow. It is the first plant-based protein to earn the informed sports certificate. <laughs> um, and Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. It is a female-founded B Corp. We love it. I met the woman. I got to meet the woman. We love it. And I love that it has no sugar, sugar alcohols or stevia, but it really tastes honestly so amazing. We think you should all try it. I want you to try it. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, once you try essential protein, you're not going to want to go a day without it. You're going to love it. It's going to be the addition to all of your smoothies and oatmeal. That's what I forgot. You can put it in oatmeal, Casey. Oh, wait, you don't eat oatmeal anymore. But <laughs> I eat oatmeal and I put it in my oatmeal and it's so good. So get 20% off your first month for a limited time when you go to ritual.com slash busy. Start ritual or add essential protein to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash busy for 20% off, guys. No, I slept on my bowl and branch sheets, <laughs> and I slept better than anyone ever. Is that it? Is that a good one? <laughs> I love That's that. Good. That was very Broadway. It felt a little bit like Mary Poppins to me. I <laughs> felt like I was giving you Mary Poppins. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I truly, truly love my bowl and branch. You guys, these sheets, let me tell you about these sheets. <laughs> Casey influenced me <laughs> into getting the sheets that have like a little bit of a texture to them. Yes. I live for a striped sheet because they have a slight texture. It's a little bit of a texture. It's made from the rarest, rarest, 100% organic cotton. It's buttery and breathable. It gets softer every time I wash it. I love it so much. Casey, I love these sheets. You did influence me. And I like <laughs> love just getting, here's what I love. Here's what I love, guys. Here's what I love. I love getting out of my bath at night yep. and being super clean and getting really dried off. Yep. And then getting into my bowl and branch sheets and like <laughs> tucking myself all up and in. It's a perfect feeling. Here's what I love about Bowl and Branch. Like, have you ever known of another sheet company that has a 30-night worry-free guarantee? You can try the sheets for a month. That's that's confidence. Well, that's confidence that you're going to be like, in 30 days' time, you're going to be like, not only am I not returning these sheets, I'm doubling down. I'm ordering <laughs> a few more sets for my home Yeah, because I want to make sure that I am always sleeping on my bowl and branch sheets. That is 100% what happened to me <laughs> in my in my 30-day trial. I like was, yeah, 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 that's great. Um, So how do I order more? How am I? No, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. It's a, yeah, I get it. It's the end of the 30 days. I am ready to order more sheets. I love them so much, guys. I love them so much. They have lots of different colors. People have color stories happening in their bedrooms, I imagine. They got you. They got you. They got you. It's loved by millions of sleepers. They're not just incredibly soft and luxurious. They're also made without any toxins or harsh chemicals. 
They're traceable from family farm to your family home. You can trace where your sheets come from. That's incredible. I love it. You can find the little plant that your cotton came from (laughs) and name it. I'm kidding. No, but it's made, it's free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde and other harsh chemicals made without toxins, 13 different colors, all sizes. You're going to find something you love. I promise you. And you're going to love these sheets so much. I promise you. So sleep better at night with the softest sheets ever from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code BUSY at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BUSY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Did you watch, I'm sure you did. Did you watch some of the Taylor Lorenz interview with the libs of TikTok? Oh, I watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing. Yeah. Holy cow, man. You know, Casey and I have talked before about uh, like taking up as much space as men. Like that's part of the reason why we've always... Like you know, why I wanted to do a late night talk show, why we decided to make our podcast kind of like as long as we felt like we wanted it to be. Um, but in terms of volunteering, agreeing to show up for causes that I believe in and are helpful to others, I feel like you got we have to counterbalance the horrible people that just keep taking up space and yeah. with their platforms, like that horrible woman. Yeah. That woman is... I was really shocked at how idiotic she was. Like, I was, like, actually shocked at how stupid she was. Like, stupid. It's... Like an uh, idiot? Like a person who didn't... Who doesn't know how to have a thought. Like, I was... I'm not... I'm sorry. I was shocked. Right. Well, it's shocking how dangerous some of these f- characters are. And I say characters because They're like characters. It, such it, a good it point. really mm-hmm. feels like someone almost doing a character. It's shocking how dangerous someone can be. Like Who I hasn't thought always, it through. I mean, you didn't, did your parents ever say to you, like, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous? Or was that just a joke in my house? No, that was not a joke in my house, but Jesus. (laughs) If you had a brain, you'd be dangerous. And so I always thought of like dangerous people as like, yeah, they're not great, but they're usually kind of clever and smart. So it's always shocking to me. Well, you think of evil geniuses, right? Yeah, evil genius. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's always kind of shocking to me when you're like, what is so compelling about this person to so many people? And like, there's a whole cast of these fucking evil characters that are not geniuses. Evil idiots. It's just like, they're evil fucking idiots. But even that, I don't know what he, was he a congressman or a senator who was being asked? I just saw the clip of it about the Alabama embryo law and he just kept saying people need to have we need more children we need more yeah. children it was like, like for that what, was dude? the be- that was the the beginning middle and end of his thought process on but in like what what are they what what are they planning to do with all these children like i 
I am getting, not to be dramatic, (laughs) but I'm like, okay, so the way that reproductive rights are going, I'm like, are are people post-menopause, are we safe? Like, are they just going to be like, okay, if all a person who can have a baby is worth, if that's their only value, is being able to have a baby, once you can no longer have a baby, do you have no worth. So what's going to happen to us? And also, what are all these babies for? And I'm not saying uh, they're going to round us all up or whatever and put us in the mines, but maybe. But I'm saying, like, in terms of worth, like, I don't see my rights as a postmenopausal person being protected or looked after because the only value that a person who can have a baby has is having the baby, apparently. And that's what they keep talking about. And I'm just like, what are all these kids for? Like what, like, I don't know, because they're not fucking educating them and they're not, what are they for? Right. What are they fucking for? Exactly. So I'm like, are they gonna teach babies to do fracking or something? What is happening? (laughs) What do, what is happening? Why, why are we in the like, Christ, industry of making babies? Like what, like. And then I'm I frankly I'm confused because now the whole IVF thing I'm like that is making babies but now well now everybody all those you know uh anti-abortion politicians and extremist leaders are now backing off because they're like no 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 wait 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 no 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 okay 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 so no 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 IVF is good um, we just are like, they can't, they can't get their fucking stories straight to save their lives. So like, they're all, even though they all like voted for these bills that would right. declare, give embryos personhood, personhood mm-hmm. that apparently takes precedent. I mean, they can genetically test to find out if the, if it's, uh, got female, DNA or male DNA. So I right. do wonder if the ones with the female DNA will have less rights than right. the ones with the male DNA. That's a really good... These are all really good questions and also seems like we're living in a sci-fi movie or a prestige limited drama television series that I don't want to be in. Um It's a real mess. It's a real mess. And I guess the thing that's so fucked up about it to me is that, like, obviously some people are horrified. Even some Republicans are horrified by this turn that, like, bodily autonomy has taken. But the amount of people that think it's great and are not horrified by it, it's kind of devastating to me. You know, I just, I don't know what to think. And so, you know, yeah, it's like, it's fucking dangerous. It's dangerous. All right. Let me give you guys a couple calls to action. How about that? That will be great. That will make me feel better to do something. Okay. So reproductive freedom for all previously NARAL 
It's now it's now called Reproductive Freedom for All. Great. They are launching new ads through their Freedom Fund. They have a thing called a Freedom Fund. There are seven house districts that they need that we need to flip um, from Republican to Democrat, and that's in Arizona, woo, California, and New York, and that would take back the house. Um, that's important. So yeah. you can go to reproductivefreedomforall.org to donate to that. We, of course, love our giving circles. That is also super important. We are at the start of this election year, and uh, we need to make abortion the number one issue on the campaign trail. We just do. Right. Right. We just do. And so that requires every single one of us listening and every single one of us on this call, you and me, <laughs> <laughs> to ensure that every every politician that is being elected to every single position understands and is for reproductive freedom for all, that is important. Yes. Illinois is super important. And I'm just, I, I'm going there. I have to write this thing. The ACLU of Illinois is working so hard because... Illinois is, it's the last place in the Midwest, which seems fucking nuts. And even right. parts of the South. If you're in Shreveport, Louisiana, the closest, and you need abortion care, the closest place you can go, the closest state you can go is Illinois. Wow. To get an abortion. To get any kind of abortion care. Right. A DNC, you've had a right. miscarriage. Right. Illinois, you're in fucking Louisiana. Okay. You got to travel. Right. So... National Network of Abortion Funds also would love donations. But all of these things, too, like especially in the political races, just remember, guys, I know we don't have to always use money, but maybe you have your own garage sale. I was going to say. Maybe maybe you have a bake sale. Um, maybe you make some calls. Maybe... You, you use your social media. Use your we, social media. We all have access to social capital and a platform. And you might think that yours is small, but I think that sometimes the smaller your platform is when you use huh. your social capital, the more it connects with the people that actually well, know you and trust you. And we were just discussing that when things feel so large and out of control— Sometimes the best thing we can do is go small. Right. right. And I think that we all need to remember that. And, and going small doesn't mean ignoring. That's the part where I get fucking nuts with people on social media and people who feel like they're, you're not doing enough or so, you know, whoever's not. I'm not talking about me personally. I'm saying like when right. I see people getting like enraged, like you're not doing enough. It's like... I do believe, I do believe, I do believe, <laughs> I do believe that we can like go small and make, and make substantive change if we're right. all on the same 
page and we're all singing the same song. We can be in harmony together. And uh, and I want to just, I just want to say this and I want people to continue to say this and I want you to talk to the people that you need to talk to about this. No matter what he says, Donald Trump supports a full abortion ban. No matter what he is saying or trying to like backpedal on in this moment, he is not moderate when it comes to his views on abortion and what he has done to our country by putting these fucking people into the Supreme Court. He knew exactly what he is doing and he is fucking responsible. And so if anyone is voting to put him back in office, you are supporting a full abortion ban. That's it. Full stop. You've done it. Busy You're Phillips supporting knows that. her shit about abortion. So you're my authority on all of this. And I'm so grateful that you let us know what we can do and how we can do it. Because shit's fucked up. It is fucked up. And let's not forget the giving circles. Let's not forget the state's project. The state's project. Yeah is really focusing on these places where we can f- win back seats um, on the state level, which can have such a huge impact on people's rights in those states. And that is currently what we're dealing with so much of because, as we know, with the Dobbs decision, they are pretending, pretending like they're giving it back to the states, right? Right. And what is happening is... Some of these decisions that are happening on the state level are going to be kicked back up to the Supreme Court, like the abortion pill right. debate case that is going before the Supreme Court. And, and then guess what's going to happen at the Supreme Court? They might, and it's probable that they may fucking outlaw abortion pills. And guys, if you don't have some in your cabinet, I highly recommend you can get them. I have them. I don't think I'm going to need them, but I don't fucking know who might. And so, oh, well. Yeah. Just. And I know people have mixed feelings about it and they're like, don't hoard abortion pills. Yeah, don't hoard abortion pills, but have some. I I just have, yeah, I mean. (laughs) You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't need to stock a pharmacy in your house. Just if there's a chance that someone in your life might need them and you have access to them. Have some. Oh, also, this. I just want to say this, that uh, they're also coming for uh, birth control. Just FYI. So. Yes. That is a fact. Yes. It's a fact. Guys, like watching that thing with Taylor Lorenz, um, the interview with the horrible woman from libs of TikTok, which I'm not even going to say her name because she doesn't deserve a fucking name. She doesn't. She doesn't even deserve her name. She's so fucking stupid. Um, We have to, we have to fight back against the idiocy that's all around us. Yeah. And um, we just do. We just do. Yeah. It's not easy. You got to write your remarks for the ACLU. Um, Yeah, I got to do it. How long do you have to talk for? Could you sing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Imagine if you just got up there and said, what would you sing? 
Uh, I mean, I guess I could sing like the I could sing the Ani DeFranco song about getting an abortion. There you go. There you go. I'm sure there's a number. Oh, Tor- Brick. Tori Amos <laughs> songs you could sing. No, like what? I mean, Brick, I the- feel like is an anti-abortion song. Is it? Don't you think? I, I think it's like a fucking, I think it's fucked up from a it's dude's a real, perspective. It's a real downer. It's, it's a real like downer. A, it's, uh, it's like never, it was never my favorite of yeah. the Ben Folds songs. I felt like he was very judgy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's right, like, dude, I don't and need also, your like here. making it about himself. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, it took a turn. I, I've, I've grown apart from Ben Folds over the years. Yeah, I always liked Ben Folds. I saw him on vacation once. That was <laughs> where'd you see him on vacation? In Turks and Caicos. <gasps> oh my god. Wait, can I tell you a funny story before our guest joins our funny guest? Please do. I, um, you guys know, we, we, advertise, we use advertisers on this podcast. I do brand deals with brands that I use or like or whatever. And, um, and a lot of times, sometimes they're like full productions where it's like you shoot like a little commercial. Sometimes they're like, will you just send us options of like you with the product, a picture of you with the product, whatever. So I'm doing one that I think goes up in a couple of days. And, uh, and so they asked me to send them options for the picture. And I, and I took a bunch of pictures. They give you like guidelines when you do these things. This is inside uh, influencer baseball or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Casey knows because she's done these two before. So they're like, so we'd love to see the product in the shot. And, you know, we would love it if, you know, you look confident or whatever it is. Okay. So I took some pictures and I thought they were cute and I sent them off. And then I got a note back that they like one part of it, but they like couldn't really see the words on a thing, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So they're like, could, would she mind taking another one? And also if she could smize, that would be <laughs> great. And you guys know the term smize from America's Next Model. <laughs> okay. And then what I proceeded to take were some of the most unhinged <laughs> photos uh, in which I look actually insane. Like my eyes are... So it turns out I actually, do, I would not have made it on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I cannot smize to save my damn life. I look so crazy. Smizing is not a thing I think I've ever seen you do. It's not Wait, in wait, your... wait. I'm going to do it for you right now and then look. Ready? <laughs> you look, I look like insane. You're pooping a little. I look insane. <laughs> And so I took these pictures of me trying to smize. And I was like, this is surely not what anyone wants. Like, I I can't imagine that anyone wants this. I look so confused, scared. Oh, my god! Psychotic. Unhinged. I feel like that's a note. I don't know. I don't know anything about this deal or whatever. This is the first time we're talking about it. But I feel like that's a note from a young creative executive who has dreamed of the moment that they could ask someone to smize. I am, I I, I mean, <laughs> bless, bless. But I, it's not, it's not in the cards. It's not happening. Everybody, 
Right now I'm laughing because I'm imagining everyone listening to this trying to smize in their car or wherever they are and like how impossible it is. My smizing is just squinting. Like my eyes just turn into like little frowns, but they're but that's my happy eyes, you know? But also like I don't even understand smizing. Are you not smiling as you're not, right? You're like like confident, but does it mean Casey, you, I can't do it? It's so you is it does it mean that you smile and you look like that, but then you stop with your you stop smiling with your mouth okay, and you wait. leave your eyes. Oh yeah. But then look at that. That looks <laughs> Oh my god, it we doesn't look, it doesn't this look is not good. maybe not good radio. But I mean radio <laughs> not good podcasting. But truly Okay. I, if okay. this is what smile. it is, if I'm correct, smile okay. with everybody mm-hmm. listening. Smile with your whole face. Smile right now. I'm taking a picture and we're going to post it. Okay. Smile and then wait. And, okay. That was pretty good. I just look upset. Like I look shocked a little. So I guess my smiling eyes look shocked. Oh my shocked. God. I hate it. I look wow. insane. Well, being a model Wait, is hard. I look like I had plastic surgery or something. <laughs> this is like a plastic surgery face. And also, I haven't had any Botox in a long time. And it looks like I am like have like a Botox forehead. I mean... I'm sending this picture to you, Casey. It's really <laughs> weird. Modeling this is just me. Is I'm not even... hard. Modeling is hard. We learned at Tom's <sighs> one-hour photo... We learned, we've had photo shoots for other things, and mm-hmm. it's not easy. It feels unnatural. If <laughs> if someone's natural at it, they're, you know, that's a talent. Modeling oh is a talent. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I, anyway, it was making me truly lull. Oh, my gosh. Some people lull. are just built different. Some people can smize and it looks really, it looks if really. If you can smize, we want to hear from you. Please let Comment us know. Comment and like. <laughs> how it's going with your smizing and how smizing has helped you get ahead in your choice of career and lifestyle. Oh my God. Wow, wow, wow. I know. So, yeah, it's been. But that's coming, your attempt at smizing is coming out soon. Oh, I I mean, I, I'm hopeful that I'll get to just do one of the previous photos <laughs> that I submitted where there's no smizing being attempted. They're like, forget you we know? said that. Forget it. I'm hoping that after we submit these photos, they're like, absolutely not. We were wrong. You don't need to smize. We You're don't not need, a smizer. No, we're good. You're definitely not a smizer. <laughs> we know that now. Our bad. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) We should also say quickly, everybody knows because they've seen, but after our long celebration of Duncan on a recent episode, the folks at Duncan made us honorary members of the Dunkings singing group and sent us the Dunkings jogging suits. I mean, I personally have never been more thrilled. It couldn't have come at a better time. I was really sad. I'd been like very upset. Yeah. And then, and then there, there, there that little box was. 
You I couldn't. Could, you I can't had be sad. no idea what it was. You and can't be opened, sad in an orange and pink emblazoned jogging suit with flames on the crotch. Oh my god. It was, I was sad because you got yours and I was like, oh, they're just going to send one to Busy and not to me. <gasps> and oh my I was God, like, I got mine before you. And then a few days later, because, you know, it was the weekend or whatever, I got mine yesterday and I was so excited. My whole family tried it on. Everybody took a turn wearing it. It was very exciting. <laughs> the question is... Are you going to be Ben Affleck for Halloween now? Well, I mean, the answer is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I already was thinking, like, maybe I'll have a boyfriend by Halloween and they can be J-Lo. Oh, that would be, that's almost worth dating someone who's willing to dress as J-Lo just for that. And then, like, if it works out, it works out. You know? Maybe I'll, maybe, maybe it'll, maybe I'll just have a friend that can do it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, maybe you'll have a boyfriend. I mean, I don't know. Did you were you like that when you were younger? Were you always trying to like align dating someone with like certain dates of things that were happening in the school? No, uh-uh. <laughs> I was always that's how I was. I'd be like, "Oh, it'd be so great to have like a boyfriend by Halloween and then we could like Go to a Halloween Well, that's what, party that's what like, cuffing season is, right? Because yeah, people, like, want it before the holidays or before, like, um, it gets cold out, I yes, guess. Like, yes. they want a partner. Before. But You want to no, get a boyfriend I, before Christmas so that you can give them an overly expensive gift that you saved up for, and then they can be like, I didn't get you anything. And then you can just suffer through <laughs> teenage Christmas worse than ever. Yes. I guess that's cuffing season. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not doing anything in this moment in time to actively try to find a person to date. So that is, that is probably, it's, would, I don't know how that will happen. I think that's good. I would just um, recorded uh, Matt McConkie's podcast yesterday and just like Matt uh, about Sex in the City, which is interesting because I just watched Sex in the City uh, post losing my mom because I never watched it in the first place, but I watched it to like get inside the mind of my mom who loved Sex in the City, I guess, even though it's so uh, the antithesis of who she was as a person, which is wild. But we were just, most of the conversation I felt like revolved around how when you stop doing anything to try to connect with a person, that's when there's the best chance of it happening. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. You don't think it's true? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if that's true anymore because of the way that everybody dates, like because of yeah. how it's all so online. And I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't and, know. And I don't know. we also know from Risa Tisa, the star of the internet Jeez. this week. We didn't even t get to talk about that because we were so sad about Flacco. I mean, we can talk about it still. We can, we can talk, still about talk about it. I mean, we know that like you can't be too careful with who you're trying and not trying to meet. Well, to be fair to Risa Tisa and everyone, I do think that the pandemic played heavily into 
why she was taken for such a wild ride. A wild ride. Yeah. Guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was the 52-part TikTok of a woman named Risa Tisa who— And the entitled, Who the Fuck Did I Marry? Yeah, whose ex-husband was a pathological liar. She met him, like, basically the month before the first lockdown of the pandemic. Right. The pandemic made it impossible to sort of, like, confirm your gut feelings on a lot of things because it was easy to say, like, oh, you know, we can't go here, we can't do this, we can't do that because of the pandemic. But holy moly, I feel like everyone in the world was hanging on the edge of their seat waiting for part 48 of Who I was the getting fuck did my nails done and, like, Multiple people in the salon were like, just play it out loud. We just want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. It It was was funny. It was like a community. Yeah, it was like a community. Oh, my God. Speaking of which. Ah, we'll talk about it after Chelsea Peretti. Okay. You know how I talk about my baths, my nightly baths? Yes. Well, you know what I didn't take into consideration the other day until I got out of the bath? That sometimes even taking baths dehydrates you. (laughs) That makes sense. You're sweating. Yes. And I got out and I was like, whoa, I feel woozy. What's going on? And then just a hop, skip and a jump to my element in my water. And like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, I feel fine. Oh my gosh. Element has been powering my entire house. My whole family has been participating in putting a new floor down in my house. And that is also very sweaty work. And so everyone has been carried through on the power of Element, keeping those electrolytes going so that they can just sweat their guts out installing a floor. Yeah, well, listen, because, you know, not all of us, not all of us are training for marathons or professional athletes. Some of you out there are, I know, I know you are. Um, But even if it's just a few glasses of wine, a bath, laying down some new tile, (laughs) walking your dog quickly around the neighborhood because it's really cold out, you're losing electrolytes all the time. And Element is honestly our favorite electrolyte drink mix. It has everything you need. It's formulated to help keep your electrolytes up. I mean, there are so many things that it can affect. Headaches, fatigue. Your nerve impulses, your hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, fluid balance, all of those things that you need to have in balance in your body, Element's got you. Element has got you. It's got us. And right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any order Eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash best. This deal is only available through our link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash best. Oh, the kitties have been so happy this week. Oh, I know. They've been so cute. They got their bird back in town. They have their bird back. They love hanging with their bird. (laughs) It's really sweet. And you know, 
They love their smalls. <laughs> of course. They really do. And they're getting older and they need a healthy food. And smalls is honestly the best. If you listen to the show, you've heard me say it before, you know our cats cannot live without their smalls. <laughs> smalls cat food is a protein-packed recipe. It's made with preservative-free ingredients that you would just find in your refrigerator, and it's delivered to your door. So, you know, your cat will be eating healthier with smalls. And they'll love it because I've had the pleasure of feeding smalls to your cats and there's a lot of variety there. It looks very good to me. I love that it was started in 2017 by guys home cooking cat food in small batches for <laughs> their special friends. guys. Those yeah. are guys that are like, you know what, guys, we got to make a difference in these kitties lives. And I just love it. Now, just a few short years later, they are serving millions of meals to cats around the world, including my guys. The team at Smalls is so confident that your cat is going to love their product. You can try it risk-free. They will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. And we all know that cats can be finicky. That's like literally part of the thing with cats. Right. But my cats scooch right on over. I got to separate their bowls when I feed them because they will fight. I'm not kidding. They love it so much. I noticed that they put on a little show when it's they love like a show time. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they like, like <laughs> <laughs> look at me, feed me <laughs> first, <laughs> guys. Uh, it's 2024. Are you still feeding your cat kibble? Do not. Please head to smalls.com/best. Use promo code BEST at the checkout for 50 percent off your first order plus free shipping. Come on. It's the best offer you're going to find, but you have to use our code BEST for 50% off your first order. One last time, promo code BEST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. We love you, Smalls. I'm realizing now, like, I should have gone to my podcast studio. This is, like, so janky, and I don't know where my headphones are here. It's not janky. It's beautiful. Thank you. But what about like recording the audio and stuff? Busy, are you all right? I was just looking at my horoscope. <laughs> Chelsea, what's, what's going to happen to me? You know, what is your sign? I'm a Cancer, Leo rising. Okay, I don't know about Leo rising, but Cancers are intense. Something. Mm -hmm. What are I'm you? A I'm a Pisces, yeah. Aquarius cusp, I think. <gasps> but someone else it. said I'm not an Aquarius cusp. So I don't know. My hair looks green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. It's nice it's to see you. you. You too. Thank you for um, doing this. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Are you in the middle of, of press for first time female director? Yeah. It's exciting. I have questions. I mean, I, okay. So guys, we're so lucky. Oh, here she is. As if she knew. Gina Linetti. My namesake. Just, your namesake <laughs> just literally walked over. She was asleep. Aww. How did she know? She knew here, Chelsea was here. on the horn. She knew Chelsea was you here. See that little dot? That's <gasps> my dog. Oh, oh my baby. gosh. Named Busy. 
Ah. <laughs> that would be amazing, though. I would I would actually love that. Wait, Casey has a friend who named their dog Busy Phillips, right? I should have. Like, dogs literally are busy all they the time. They are busy. The they dog's really name are. isn't Busy Phillips, but it is busy. Josh is Gondelman's busy. dog's Oh, name right. That's right. Busy. Josh's. Yes. And my dog and then, is named Birdie, the same as Busy's child. Oh I know. And then but there wasn't... And then there was a dog in L.A. Um, oh, my God. I can't remember the woman's name. She was like a hairdresser, a hairstylist to the stars. Um, she still is. Mara. Her name's Mara. Um, and her dog's name was Mark Silverstein. Legit. And it was like, but it was like named kind of after Mark Silverstein, my ex-husband, sort of. But anyway... It caused a lot of issues. It was it was complicated for me. I bet. Well, I can tell you that a lot of dogs are named Casey because every time I've ever gone to a park, someone will scream Casey and I turn around really? and then they're like, I'm calling my dog. And I'm like, oh, really? okay. That's my See, human I, name. I've had a lot of dogs named Chelsea. There were a lot of golden retrievers <laughs> named Chelsea in my childhood. Like everyone's like, oh, my dog's name is Chelsea. But I had no idea there were Casey's. Maybe there's just dogs of every stripe. Yeah. Even a friend of mine from college named their, like, adult family dog Casey. And they were like, is that weird? And I was like, I mean, it's not not weird. Right. Like, it's one thing if you if we met each other and you already had a dog with my name, but to then name a dog. Yeah, after me. What does that mean? It's, like, but, hard to say. But yeah. Gina Linetti is named after Chelsea in an homage to one of the greatest television characters of all time. <laughs> Gina Linetti <laughs> from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, oh we God. had spent so much time with right before the pandemic. Right. Um, yeah, and Gina was a pandemic dog. It's really a family show, you know? <laughs> it like, really is. It really is. Like, now I get what that's all about because it's like families so rarely can agree on anything to watch that it's kind of <laughs> special when you find something. Yes, and as... I mean, you're a parent. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know if your kid is at the age yet where you can do this, where you can like actually watch shows with them almost, maybe yeah. close. Yeah, we watch stuff, but it's like, you know, not necessarily what I would be watching if left to my own devices. Um, my 10-year-old and I watched First Time Female Director together. What did she think? She was like, this is... Wild. <laughs> she was like, this movie is very weird. And I am kind of into it. And I was like, I get it. Chelsea, you make me laugh so hard. You know that I'm such a huge fan of yours. Thank you. Thanks. This is your directorial debut. Yeah. When you were conceptualizing a film to write, direct, and star in... What about local theater was drawing <laughs> you in? Why was this the story to tell? Well, I love theater. I grew up doing theater. You know, I started, I think, at like nine doing, there was this program called the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. They had a young conservatory. So I did classes there and I wound up doing like a Christmas carol, like the main stage production. Oh my God. Uh, missing school. And I was Sally Cratchit, which Natasha Leggero was like, there is no Sally Cratchit in the book or something, but <laughs> it wasn't the play. They made Sally Cratchit for you. I, I mean, I thought it was a legit character, but she's she's 
drawn the whole thing into question now. <laughs> but, um, but regardless, I missed a lot of school to do those things and took classes and things and um, loved it. And and one of the things, like if you go see a lot of theater, because my mom also had Berkeley rep um, tickets and that's a great theater. Um, and so, but one of the best things about theater is bad theater. You know, it's like mediocre theater is, is actually the worst thing you could sit through, but bad theater is um, so fun because it's like, trying not to laugh and like whispering to the person next to you. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a special, special thing to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think in, in experiencing female leadership from all angles, you know, it, it's, it's just such a sweaty endeavor sometimes. And it's such like, I mean, it is as a mom, it's hard being a leader as a mom and I remember like my college improv group, I became like, I don't even know what the title was, the president of it. And it was just suddenly not fun because I was like, <laughs> you know, and and then also just whenever you're as an actor, you have a female director. I feel like there's so much pressure to like love the female director. <laughs> Even if they suck, you're, and then if they suck, you're in this weird predicament where you're like, yeah, go girl. You know, like, <laughs> so I kind of just wanted to look at that from all angles um and you know also just look at why people fail in the arts and <laughs> you, know, you know there's lots of levels of failing and and one of them is just absolutely not doing it anymore which I guess you know isn't a fail if it's not the right thing for you but oh you know gosh. just thinking about stand-ups and things who no longer are in the business and you know people just fall away and who are those people was something I was interested in. Oh Wait, my I gosh. sort of love, yeah, I sort of love that. Well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but in the movie Chelsea Plays, uh, a woman who works with a local um, theater and is a playwright and then is tasked with directing her own play that they're um, producing. And the cast immediately is not on board with it, there are some really incredible, I mean, so many funny people in it, Kate Berlant and um, Benny Benito um, Skinner, who never ceases to make me lol, um, <laughs> and Megan Mullally. Oh, my did gosh. Did I say it right, Casey? So funny. Casey, did I say yes. it right? Yes, Amy Poehler. Oh, and Poehler, yeah, of course. And Amy produced the movie, right, with you yeah. or for you? Yeah, oh so she, she was involved from the very beginning and kind of guided the script and was there on set and all that. Yeah, she was amazing. You're saying, like, that the character, first-time female director, kind of sucked. Mm -hmm. But also, I had such righteous indignation for her because I felt like they didn't give her a fair chance. They didn't, no, she was you set know? Up, she set up to fail, which is like, yes. as a woman, I think we all, I think any woman listening can relate to that feeling of like being given an opportunity and then at some point realizing like wait a minute like I this is I've been set up to like I'm there's no way I can win this yes this one my favorite part where she's kind of getting heckled and so many people are heckling her that she can't even hear what the criticisms are and you're just like what do you want me to apologize for I can't hear I can't hear the individual complaints and I was yeah. like oh my god I think I have actually felt that in my life. 
Yeah. I mean, I think everyone feels that. I mean, for me, it's like, I think women feel that a lot. I feel like anyone who's not, you know, in the status quo in a certain way feels that a lot. And then when you add to it, you know, comment culture and this time where any thought anyone has, they, they need to commit to writing, you know, it's, it's, um, it's so much feedback, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> much constant feedback. Yeah. About so many things. Where you're, yeah, yeah, where you're like, I don't fucking know, man. What? I don't know. When did you guys film this? Oh, God. I just, like, I was looking for BTS photos, and I just found when I filmed it, and I've already forgotten. I have, <laughs> like, a really bad mind for dates. Like, my friend Sarai can recall any date. Like, she'll be talking about, oh, that was, yeah, that was in... 96 it was on a monday so you know like i just i have the worst recall i know that we went to tribeca in june i retained that um but let me see I, so definitely before last june <laughs> yeah exactly uh-huh. Uh-huh. at some point i like june. it i like it you've moved on like i don't know my parents ages and stuff like i i don't know lately <laughs> i've been like is there something wrong with me i need to like see <laughs> I need, I need to, to see. I need to wait. Can I, I tell you? Can I tell you a secret yeah. about yeah. myself? Maybe it'll yeah. make you feel better. I was skipped ahead in math when I was like in elementary school. Like my mom wouldn't let me skip ahead a full grade. I think that was the intent of the school, but I was only skipped ahead in math. Yeah, and so there was a. A, a huge chunk of math that I didn't know how to do because I skipped that part and no one briefed me on it. But I also didn't know how the months went until like middle school without referring to a calendar. Yeah, it's like if you miss a chunk of elementary school, it turns out it does kind of matter. Yeah. Yeah. So as a a parent, you know, you're like, well, could my kid miss a few months? Like if I have a job somewhere, I guess they would get a tutor, but still, it's just, it it is like, it is hard to miss the basics, the building blocks. Yeah, well, Casey, you know that I missed the time telling. Right. Week. Right. With the clock with hands. Yes. And now so, it doesn't even matter, really. I know. I was right. But yeah. for years, it was for embarrassing. Years, you were probably when somebody just, would ask me, like when I was like in my 20s, and just someone would ask it. me, and I was like, it's, it's in, I, I barely, in the fives. I can barely do it. <laughs> and also, it's like, I feel like now it's like pretty soon kids aren't even going to have to know how to write. Like if they oh, want to yeah. write a note, they're like, do you have a device of some kind? You know, Yeah, just like, talk into it. Yeah. Talk yeah. into it. Gina, yeah. come here. Anyway, I'm just, uh, that's all to say that I don't think there's something broken with you that you don't know dates for things. I think there's certain things that our brains are meant to do and you don't know dates. Chelsea, <laughs> as a first-time female director directing this movie as the first time as a female director, yeah. how was the experience that you had different than your character or were there any were there any similarities or crossovers at I all I mean yeah it all became a bit of a blur <laughs> um and art imitating life you know in life imitating art and art and imitating life and I don't know yeah it was all kind of um you know it was, it was cool because I could if something happened I could be like oh I'll subtly incorporate this, you know. 
<laughs> it was it was fascinating being on the other side of things because you know it really helped me understand obviously what directors experience with actors you know yes yeah and <laughs> you know it's just like wow it is so many moving moving pieces and there's so many things to think about that if someone's just like good natured and fun you know, even if it's like challenging conditions or long hours, you're just like so thankful to that person because you're um, you have so many things at the same time going on in your head. Um, yeah. But, you know, on the other side, like I, I often feel like they're there. You know, I grew up watching all these really broad comedies that I loved and then it became much more subtle and natural, which I actually also loved. But I felt like as an actor, if you would have an idea and take a big swing, there's definitely this energy of, cool, we got that. And now let's just do one that's not that, you know? Story of my fucking life. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's truly, right. can we do that again? And then just like a lot less. Like yeah, no sauce 80%, Yeah, yeah. 80%, just say and, the line. And there's, <laughs> totally, there's totally value to getting, obviously, a range of performance and all that, but... I did love what comedians' minds bring to things. You know, like Jermaine Fowler, who has like a kind of a cameo in Star's play. You know, he, I asked him, do you want to be in this kind of avant-garde theater? And he was like, yeah, um, can I be tangled in a bunch of chords? Yes. Like, and I'm <laughs> like, yes, that would be great. And it's just like the idea that, I feel like so many comedians have such obsessions of visuals or concepts or whatever that they've just been kind of jangling around in the back of their mind for years and finding a place to do it is so fun versus I think there might be people who would be like, what, why, why are you in chords? You know, whereas I trust that there's something in his id. And then to me, that whole moment is like, I feel that way like 90% of my days. Right, <laughs> you right. Know, it's like, also, like, how are microphones? Like, it's still nothing is really wireless. Everything. No. Cords. <laughs> like, my podcast studio, I'm just, like, literally buried in cords. Every 100%. Day. Yeah. 100%. Nothing it's is so, truly wireless. Yeah, yeah, so I found it, like, actually really poetic and, like... <laughs> it's, it's kind of deep. It was kind yeah. of, like, actually deep. Yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know. I just love that. And then, like... Heather Lawless, who was the the Uber driver, the Zoomer driver, um, she was like, um, can I wear Band-Aids on all my fingers? And I'm like, sure, <laughs> great. You know, but like just these little details that for me make me so happy and are like scratching an itch and um, and going with people's ideas instead of kind of shutting them down, you know. What were the kinds of movies that you gravitated towards when you were a young person like when you were a kid and a teenager, like what did you love? I mean, it's definitely giving us Guffman, a little Guffman. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but what were some other, like like were you into comedy always? I mean, obviously you're a stand-up, but what kind of movies um, did you watch? I, yeah, I was more into comedic acting than stand-up definitely always. Um, but um, I, I liked such a, a big range, but I, you know, was it like I remember seeing Adam Sandler movies with all my friends in mm. high school and Martin Lawrence. I used to love watch Martin all the time and thought oh he my was God, so, so funny. good. You know, in Living Color and Jim Carrey, I loved. And um, 
all the Christopher Guest movies, but yeah, particularly Guffman, which is, this is sort of, to me, like a sideways female um, socio-political <laughs> Guffman. Right. Um, and homage. And, uh, you know, all the Parker Posey movies, like Party Girl, oh, Party House Girl. of Yes, all that. Um, oh, House of Yes. And then, yes. yeah, I loved like Rushmore and, you know, I... I I think most recently, I think Bridesmaids is probably the last comedy I was like super excited about. Um, But, you know, I I think like for me, like it's so much about like someone who kind of, it feels like whatever they do, it's funny to me. You know, like I feel like Melissa McCarthy and Danny McBride, both when I first saw them, oh my God, everything they say is funny to me. Um, yeah, I know. I was just thinking when you said the bridesmaids thing, I was like trying to think like what's really made me laugh yeah. since bridesmaid since bridesmaids like movie wise other than your movie, honestly watching it yesterday with my kid, we lolled. I did watch the um I can't her- believe you felt comfortable to say lolled. That's your second <laughs> lolled in this podcast. I honey <laughs> I'm lolling. You know what I mean? I'm living and lolling. I'm living and loving and lolling. I'm just trying my fucking hardest not to be crying at any moment. Well, listen, I've I've recently cried in two interviews, so not at my peak performance, you know. (laughs) I'm just now got to keep as much of a wall up as I can. You should <laughs> have saved the crying for here. It's like kind of a hallmark of this place. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Really? What we do. Yeah. yeah. We kind of cry a lot here. I'm sorry that you used up all your crying cards. Yeah. I've already cried in this episode. <laughs> really? Before yeah. you got what? here. Let's see if I yeah. can get myself there. What were you crying about? Well, about- I was crying about the owl. Flock of the owl. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I saw like, that. Yeah saw that on Instagram, like a few people posted it. And it's like, it is just so crazy how you can open up some fucking social media thing. And then immediately your heart sinks and you feel like absolutely dejected and hopeless. It's like, I just feel like more often often than not, that is the experience of going into the internet of any kind, any shape, variety. A bad yes, news we, portal. We're literally talking yeah. about this, which is that I was saying that I think it's very difficult to protect your peace in this moment because we're kind of inundated with imagery and yeah, news. And it, it, that, it used yeah. to be like local news. Now right. it's like the yes. news of every horrible thing that's happening simultaneously on a daily basis across the universe, you know? Yes. I think and, even the real time of it, too, has something to do with it because I I think about a time when, yes, you would hear bad news, but it had to all come through the six o'clock news or whatever you, you know, said. No, it had to all come from your mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it would always be like, oh, so-and-so's daughter has cancer and so-and-so's yes. and so-and-so's that. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. Well, thanks for the update. This is like that times 50 million. My husband always tells this story about when he was a little kid and his parents sitting him down to tell him that Evil Knievel had been in a serious accident <laughs> oh, like <no>. bef- <laughs> before he heard it like on the streets or whatever. Yeah. And 
<laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's how that's how we learn. But I think f- the immediacy of it, there's something different. Well, of ha- having your mom tell you or like hearing about it that night, even after like hours have passed and you're like, it just it is a thing. But when you hear it like immediately, right. like breaking news, yeah, there's like, something about it, you know, it's like and then it's like mixed in with like absolute vanity. Yes. Everyone's glam photos and then horrific things. And yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I like I've I'm I've been talking about this on my podcast, but it's like I've started getting into pottery and like game nights and like escape rooms and things like that, because I'm like, I just want anything where I'm not on my phone, anything yeah. where I'm not on my phone, because I just need to like on some like. I need to live in the moment, like at least some of my day, you right. know? Um, yeah, so because while, while we're all parents and there's like a certain responsibility to my kids are adults, but, you know, you're trying to create an environment where they can exist and thrive and like not feel stress 24 hours a day. And it's been a really, really hard time to be a kid in this world. It's a lot of... It's almost scarier to have adult kids because then you're just really watching if your experiment worked. (laughs) You're like... You're really seeing it in a real world application. Like, all right, so now you do it. It's a good point. It's a good point. I do a lot of blaming nature versus nurture. You know, I'm like, they they were born like that. That is not on me. Well, listen, I do think that is true. Like, (laughs) I I feel like just having met certain newborns, I could see their personality and it did carry through to like into when they're older. You're like, this baby's a scammer. Yeah, this is a grifter. A little grifter. Yeah, I'm I mean, kidding, of course. My sons are listening, and they are really nice people. Truly, not no no credit that, from me. Listen, they the just, fact that they listen to your podcast alone. Yeah, I know. It's wild. What a boon! What a boon! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I have one son. He's six. Six years old. Right on the cusp of not really being a cute little kid, I guess. I think the break-off is like eight years old. But yeah, seven depend- even feels like a world older than six. He's in first? Yeah. Yeah. I think second grade's still cute. Really? I don't know. I think you got to... I I actually think you kind of have till fourth. No way. Third graders are not cute. <laughs> they can be. I agree. I, I agree. I think like up until eight, because then they start to, well, depending, it depends on what model child you have, because some of them start to like eight to nine is almost like preteen now. And they start yeah, to get yeah, like yeah, grubby yeah, yeah. and weird and yeah. like little facial hairs and stuff. Some I don't know. But yeah. middle school is wild because like when your kid gets to sixth grade, half of the kids look like full adults and are confused for teachers and half of them still look like they are eight. It's very weird. I'm sure you guys talk about this, but how do you deal with um, phones and stuff? Do you just do your kid? Well, you, your kids are adults. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I don't let them have their... No. Yeah. We gave our son, our older son, a phone when he was 10 because he, not to get too deep into it, but we decided that the best thing for him was to have like 
an exterior life. And so he got into like volunteering and things like that. And he was having like some independent movement. And we decided that having a phone would be just the best way to keep track of him. And then when our younger son turned 10, we were like, okay, this is the age that your brother got a phone. So we suppose you'll be asking for a phone. And he was like, I do not want the government knowing what I'm doing. And we were like, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that is the direction that all of this trends because I genuinely do think, I don't know, I don't want to say this lightly, but I do think it was better not having, I think my life was better pre that sound. I think it's an airplane. You guys, they're coming for me. I don't know. I'm in New York. I don't know what the fuck is happening. It sounds like the military. Gina's freaking out. Gina's freaking out. This looks like a great uh, place for New York. Thank you. It is a great place. This is my little... Wow. I, I got it because it felt like the most L.A. apartment I could find. Really? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Every place I lived in New York was a six-floor walk-up. <laughs> two roommates. Oh, God. Oh God. Yes. But now I Which, kind of... I'm like, oh, I would have just naturally been in such good shape if I stayed in a six-floor walk-up. Yeah. It's, it's I, true, but is, it's so hard to walk up yeah. those floors when, yeah. you know, I was always coming home tipsy. I'm sure I tried to go into, like, an apartment on the third floor a, a couple of times. Just I'm, to see if wishfully it could be yours. Yeah, is it yeah. mine? Or, like, that I think it's sense. mine. I I lived next door to, like, <laughs> someone that was um, a drag queen by night and a florist by day. And so they'd always be practicing like all night long and really heavy dancing, like very stompy dancing. Yeah. Um, but then they would always leave me flowers. So that was the yeah. that was the only benefit to living in that walk up in New York City. I don't know. You know how when you get cornered by someone at a party and they like are asking you all of these questions. <laughs> yeah. And you feel like you just have to give them like just the very minimum, the bare minimum to just get through it. Yes. And then you feel like they're not even listening and they're just judging you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you that shouldn't you shouldn't feel that way when you're talking to a doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> About anything ever. You know right. what I mean? Yes. You have to have a level of trust, understanding, and listening. And this is why we love ZocDoc, guys. Because ZocDoc is the place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable and actually listen to you and listen to all of it and aren't just like ticking off a bunch of questions that don't really have anything to do with what you're there for and you feel like they're not even really listening to you and you feel like they're just going to tell you to like lose five pounds. Right. Do you know what I mean? I have been using ZocDoc for years and I've never gotten a dud doctor from ZocDoc. They've all been great no matter what their specialty is, no matter what I'm going to see them for because I get to... See the user-generated reviews and make my choice and often make an appointment that very day or soon to see a doctor right there on the app. It's so easy. And every doctor I've ever gotten from ZocDoc has been great. Yeah. You can make sure that the vibes are right for you before you even meet them. There's so many options with 
ZocDoc. You can find someone who's on your insurance. You can find someone who can see you as soon as possible. You can Um, find someone in another city if you happen to be away from home. Which I have used ZocDoc before many times. ZocDoc is a free app and a website. You can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Guys... All of the doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients, and you can filter specifically for the kind of doctor you're looking for, ones that take your insurance, ones that are located close by in your neighborhood, and basically every single condition under the sun that you might be needing a doctor for. We are obsessed. We love ZocDoc so much. We both use it, have used for years, and just are happy to spread the word, honestly, about how great ZocDoc is. Because there's no excuse to not go to the doctor. I'm serious. Like we I have to take have care heard of ourselves. Too ma- we have to take care of ourselves. I've, he- I've heard too many stories recently of people that were like, if only they had gone to the doctor. It's enough. We got to go to the doctor. Even if you're on vacation, if you're on spring break, if you're somewhere else and you're feeling weird, like, yeah, guess what? Get on ZocDoc, find a doctor, get it checked out. I, I just, for me, just think for of us. me, okay? I want you, no, seriously, I'm serious. I don't know who's I, listening to this that needs this, but just think of me and be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to call someone because this doesn't, I don't want this to wait till I get back home. Right. Um, go to ZocDoc.com slash doing her best and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash doing her best. ZocDoc.com slash doing her best. I think, Chelsea, back to the phones. <laughs> now yeah. that the military is passed. I think that, like, the truth is with all this fucking shit, we don't yeah. know. And right. every kid is different. And, like, right. I got real annoyed at my younger daughter's class in first grade in LA because some parent sent an email to all the parents in the grade saying, we've decided that it's best if we don't give our child any device until they are graduate from sixth grade. And we would we think that it would be great if every other parent did the same so that every kid in the class is on the same page. Now, I yeah, have like- t- obviously I have two kids, and my <laughs> older daughter's five years older than Cricket, my younger one. So in first grade, I had a kid in fifth grade who had multiple devices and therefore my first grader was already exposed to them already like knew how to work it like whatever and I just was like well it's great for you guys and you can feel so superior about your fucking choices but also like who fucking knows and my kid knows how to interface I also have other friends like we're all trying to figure it out I have other friends who completely withheld devices from their children and then found out about secret lives and secret devices and things like you know yeah things can you for me it's like you have to I mean know your kid and know yourselves you know I started getting drunk in my freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. and my mom was on me like white on rice so 
you know, I'm very aware that kids are going to do what they want to do, just, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. I think, like, with the with the phone conversation and social media and, like, whatever, the the truth is, like, the more you can, like, try to help them make pretty good decisions with all yeah. this shit, with all of it, the better off you are. But it does, it is, like, wild how many people have such... Oh, no, you guys hear it comes again. Oh, it oh, is. God. It's a. I can see it. It's like a military helicopter. Oh, cool, cool. That's always a oh, fun thing. Oh, very cool. It? Is that, does, that seem, does that seem My cool? My older son, we had, um, he ha- we had like a family computer down in the living room to do homework on. And yeah. we he had asked for social media, and we told him that he couldn't have Facebook until he was 12. And we found out that he had a secret Facebook when he was like eight. Oh, my God. That he was logging in. Yeah, and um, and I just remember I was trying to, like, chew him out about it, and I was like, you know, because everyone who is on your Facebook can see, so, like, everyone knows that you're a huge fan of the George Lopez show. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what point I was trying to make to him, and he was like, yeah, I mean, okay. Well, like, it's, yeah, it is, though, because then it's like an abductor can be like, hey, you want these George Lopez tickets? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I just remember I was trying to make a point about Everyone knows everything about you now. Like, you're a fan of the George Lopez show. (laughs) But then I went through his Facebook, and it turned out that he was, like, using it to communicate with authors that he liked. (laughs) Oh, what if that was fake? And he was (laughs) doing that because he's like, I'm going to have my mom find this. Then she's going to trust me to do this dorky shit that she thinks I'm doing. (laughs) But meanwhile, he's finding escorts. 100%. 100%. That's probably I mean, exactly what happened. If we brought him in here right now, he'd be like, yes, she nailed it. That's it. <laughs> I also, though, think that this generation, like, I think cricket is kind of a part of it, and your son definitely is. There is a there is a part of me that thinks that they are, like, post-internet. Like, post... I hope so. I, I do think it... I Cricket so far is kind of proving that. She doesn't really care about her phone in terms of, like... and does not have any interest in social media at all. So like- What is out there? I mean, all there is right now is TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot of things, but I I just feel like it's not, I, I can't always tell if it's just that I'm getting older or if like, I really do feel it's not an inspiring time for the online world. Mm, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I do think I do think it's peaked. I think it's peaked. Uh, Something else might come up. Come up. Well, we were talking about Risa Tisa when you joined us. That is you know true. about Risa Tisa is a TikToker who, over the pandemic, married a pathological liar. And this Ooh. past weekend, she made a fifty-two part TikTok oh, series. Oh, I saw I saw that, but I didn't click in. So, but it was like amazing. It was over eight hours of material just talking about. <laughs> now, just hold on. Now, who's crazy? <laughs> I already have to weigh in and go, this might be a, a tango, a bit of a tango. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy I, for I, her because a number of um, outlets did, did 
they crunched the numbers and figured out how much she made off of the TikToks, um, you know, conservatively. And so I was happy for her that she probably recouped some of what she lost during that relationship. Wait, she made money? Yeah. I don't understand. Because millions upon millions of people watched those TikToks and there were 52 of them. And so TikTok pays you? Yes. I don't, I don't see, I don't know TikTok. I don't know it. Yes. I don't know her. Anyway. Well, yeah. Oh, my God, Gina. Oh, Gina. Gina wants to talk a little fun over there, Gina. <laughs> she's really, like, she's never been like this. She's getting in Chelsea, on the... Chelsea, she's it- coming alive because you're here. Yeah. I oh would like gosh. to snuggle up to that little doggy. How much is that dog? She's a 35-pounder. Mm-hmm. My dog is... You're <laughs> 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 <is> so cute. <laughs> Your dog is so calm. Well, he's not at all, actually. He's, this is a complete ruse. But he <laughs> weighs like six pounds. And I was like, great. I saw him. I'm like, I can get him and put him in my purse. And then he's like completely like, he feels like 30 pounds. And he bounds like a rabbit and jumps on you like really hard. And he barks <laughs> all the time. Like, I, this is what he's doing right now is atypical. Well, That's he's very so funny. cute back there, little <laughs> curled up in your bed. Little I know, double like life he's in dog. a little snow mound. <laughs> That's so cute. Is it still snowing there? Is it warmer? No, it's warm today. Oh, that's nice. It started warming up yesterday. It was freezing. It was so cold. Yeah, I came and there. Then, I feel like I came there twice recently on these short trips. Does It's a doozy. That's yeah, it's not my favorite. Difference. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, the like three-hour difference? It's all yeah. hard. Everything about living in New York is difficult, I, I find. But are you, like, no regrets? I mean, everything is a regret, Chelsea. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, look, I it is, like, it's a longer tale, but yeah. I, you know, I'm so... Uh, Girls 5 Eva is honestly my favorite acting job I've maybe ever had in my life. Oh, that's a fucking amazing. Huge. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's like such a crapshoot what will yes. happen in an actor's career. So if, if your current job is like a yeah. dream, that's amazing. And I kind of had like not really wanted to act anymore. And I wasn't really pursuing any acting really? jobs. Oh yeah. I, I had, I'd kind of tapped out. Um, it's so magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and I just felt like, and it, this sort of just, it all, it just kind of fell into place and, and into my lap. And, um, and it was during the first lockdown of the pandemic, or like right after it was September 2020 is when Tina offered me this job. So like it, I don't know. And were you, just, you and Tina were friends or she knew you from your work? or what, I had did, done a pilot for her that didn't get picked up called the Sackett Sisters for NBC. And then she and Little Stranger, like the, her producing partner, Eric Gurian, had reached out and they're like, what? We should work. To, sorry, that didn't work out. We should work together again. And I was like, I don't really want to act anymore. It's like <laughs> bums me out. Um, I kind of want to do a late night talk show. Oh, and right. they were like, huh, that's interesting. And so then they produced my late night talk show with Casey, who I we convinced to be 
the showrunner, Casey, was like, I'm not going to move to L.A. and I'm probably not going to do it. And I was like, OK, that's fine. You should go. Uh, you should just go sit down with Tina Fey, though, because you should just yeah. sit with her. Just somebody it's good for you to know. And then she called me after the meeting. and She's like, so I guess I'm doing it. I was like, yeah, of course you are. Because Tina was right. like... So- Tina was like, tell me what you know about running a late night show. So I told her everything I knew. And she was like, this has been all really helpful. What would be really helpful to me is if you would just go to LA and do this. Yeah. Just so. gotcha. You can't say she no. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then she, they asked, you know, and I did like some episodes of Kimmy Schmidt for, T- I basically only work for Tina Fey as an actor now. <laughs> That's a pretty good setup, I would say. It's kind of incredible. I just feel like uh, it's, yeah, like even watching your movie last night, I was like, I would do something like that. I would work for, like Danny McBride called me a couple years ago. Like we worked together on um, Vice Principals, but like he asked me to do a part on Righteous Gemstones that I couldn't, like I couldn't do, which was super annoying. But like if he called me, I would do anything for him. I think he'll call back. That's the worst feeling oh, though when it's like the worst. this moment where you're offered something and then I know. Like, it's like you cannot guarantee that that's going to come again. You I know? know. I just said it was like thing that you've had to say no to that has bummed you out the most. You yeah. don't have to say specifically but like talk about why you had to say no or whatever. Um. Well, I'm more thinking about well, it, it, this is kind of a weird one. I don't know. There's been a couple weird things with Curb where I wanted to do it and I couldn't. So one was when I was super pregnant. Right. Oh. I was up in the mountains of Idlewild with my friend Zosha, who's in my movie, uh, and Zosha Rokemore. And <laughs> she's we're, so up, we're up in Idlewild. We're both pregnant. We're, it's snowy and we're <laughs> having a weekend trip, whatever. And then I get this like urgent, you know how everything in Hollywood is like ER level emergency. And it's yes. like, Larry David wants to see you for curb. And so they they won't tell you what the part is, but come down the mountain. So I like left my trip early. I'm like driving down, pregnant down a snowy mountain, like oh, break speed because Larry David in many ways has been like an kind of like what would Larry David do in my mind? Because I'm always like, while I'm sure he's had to play the Hollywood game in some way or another, he's so like cantankerous. And I feel like he's seems like he probably navigates it in a way that would be more how I would want to navigate Hollywood. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm like driving, busting ass to get to like, I don't forget where, like Culver City or something. And then I get there and the part is like a love interest. And I'm oh just my God. So, so pregnant, you know, <laughs> and like I'm trying to like kind of have my tits out and like flirt with Larry David, but in a despondent way because I know that I'm never going to get this part. And <laughs> oh, left, God. I just left my weekend trip to do it. And anyway, but um, yeah, and now it's over. So that that's sort of sucked. Um, that does suck. Yeah, but just so much of showbiz is timing and so yes. much of it is, well, like, chance and timing and that part of it is so, like, it's exciting, but it's also terrifying. How much did you think about it after the fact? Like, did you watch the person that was eventually cast? Did you... I actually don't know who was eventually cast. You don't? That's good. I think yeah. that's healthy. That's healthy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I didn't... I guess I didn't think about it too much, but... um. I, I just always thought, oh, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. And then it just never happened. So, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to like that. That it's just his career is done now that his, the show's over. So you know what? Know. He, he choked Elmo, so I know might, <laughs> he might take a break from the public eye uh, for a minute. Right. <laughs> Wait, I don't know what you guys I, are talking about, but you okay. don't. Oh, it was like a oh. thing where he, like choked Elmo as like I don't know as like a bit, but then like who was it that was like my dad yelled at me and this reminded me of it, and I was oh, so well Wheaton. Yeah, he was yeah. like, he, he was Larry David choked watching Larry throttle Elmo. Larry David choked gonna... Elmo alive on the Today Show. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, as a bit. Like, he was doing a I bit, know, but, but no one else was doing a bit. Yeah, but it's, also but that's choking like, is like, I mean. Yeah, no. It, and then you watch it. It's like, oh, Elmo is, like, so innocent seeming that it is They're like. They're like, he's a child <laughs> puppet. <laughs> But oh. yeah, on the other hand, it's like we all have <laughs> trauma. And I just feel like now at this point, it's like everyone is accountable for everyone. Trauma and I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it was just, it was one of those things. Oh, well, to the, to your point about the internet, it's one of those things that would have just happened. Like I remember, for example, one time on the Today Show, a bunch of people on Halloween dressed as Ewoks were seemingly drunk and they yeah. like humped Al Roker I feel like and that but then because the internet wasn't what it was back then it just kind of happened and went by and like we only right. talked about it for one afternoon instead of multiple right. days like reliving the clip and everything yeah I'm a, I'm a little horrified <laughs> things used to be more ephemeral than they are now. Yeah, or you call your friend and you go, oh, I saw this thing and it kind of messed me up because it made me think about my dad. Or I, <laughs> right, right. I mean, listen, I watched it. I'm like, oh, Elmo. <laughs> you do feel it, but it's also like, whatever. It's Larry David and he, I don't know. The whole thing is just sort of a circus. Sort of um, weird, sort of weird. I, you know, another thing I almost did, like I was supposed to do that in bed with Joan Rivers show. And I mm. like, I was like, oh, like my week was busy. I'm like, yeah. oh, can we do this like in a couple weeks or something? And then she died. Oh, so my gosh. I, then I was like, oh, I should always try to do stuff right away. And it's like, you can't. So you can't I always. I don't know you what, can't what always. Jo Joan and I, I wrote for Joan for years, and she was a really dear friend of mine. And uh, I'm sure she loved you. I'm sure she just thought you were the best. I don't know if you had well, a lot of interactions. That makes even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up, okay? I failed Joan. No. no I, I just really would have loved to have done that. I'm really sad about it. And I loved that a piece of work, that documentary about her. And I, It was so good. I saw her in New York, I think a couple times, and she was just so fucking, you know, the older I get, too, with stand-up and stuff, you go, wow, it is actually hard to stay really edgy and and, you know, super funny as you get older because I do think, like, I don't and know. And richer. Yeah, yeah, and as you get richer, it's yeah. hard. I mean, that's like always what I think when I see stand up. So, like, as they, I'm like, who is this for? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, there's, <laughs> I know, like, there's a lot of stand up with like really rich people who succeed and then they do stand up about how their kids are richer than them and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, there's the still things to be mined, but I do think it, it does present <laughs> some challenges. And she was, she was good at maintaining a kind of, 
freshness throughout her whole life. Well, the thing that I loved so much about her and about that documentary, I think really illustrated it well, is that she kept evolving as a person. Like she she kept evolving her point of view and trying to understand things that maybe she didn't once understand. I love that about her. Here's why I said that I think she must have really thought you were great is because like you go for it. And that was the advice that she always gave to me. Like I, right behind my computer, I have like a framed bunch of notes from her and they're all about like just going for it and never like pulling your punch. And like, if it's funny to you, it's funny and trusting your gut. And that's what I saw all over your movies. I can't speak for Joan. I don't I don't, I don't want to speak for the ghost of Joan, but I just like feel like a Hollywood familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like she would have been so psyched because she loved a woman making a movie like this. She would have been really excited for you. She and I, been like, She's ugly. She needs <laughs> no job. <laughs> That's like the thing. Like I love Howard Stern and I love Joan Rivers and you know, too, they everyone's fucking flawed and whatever. That's yes. All- I'll carve that out. But I always like feel like the people that I love are so like a lot of times superficial about aesthetics that I'm like, if I went on there, going to be like, you ugly bitch. Like, what's it like being ugly? <laughs> but um, but no, I love her. That would be, I mean, I wish she, I wish she, she loved me. <laughs> I wish she loved me. And I wish she loved my movie, but those things are not going to be possible. Well, well, listen, we don't know, but... It's impossible for us to know right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday Just, you will know, Chelsea. And yeah, that, that would be would incredible. Crazy. If I die and she's like, loved it. Love that movie. <sighs> Have you seen bark? my movie Rabbit Test? That's what she would ask you if you ever watched I haven't Rabbit. seen that. What is yeah. that? You have to watch her movie Rabbit Test. It's really funny. Try to dig it up. I'll, t- I'll try to find it and send it to you. And then okay. she'll want to talk about how hard it is for women in movies maybe. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just... Being the Hollywood familiar. Chelsea, um, we we always ask our guests to share a pivot story with us. And I feel like you probably have a million great pivot stories. Yeah, well, you know, like like Busy's life is one big regret. My life is one big <laughs> pivot, you know? I think, like, you know, as a, as a hyphenate, as they call us, you know, it's like you, you could pivot endlessly because, you know, you want to keep your life. no. Quiet. <laughs> He's like, don't share your pivot. Don't share <laughs> Not your that pivot. One. <laughs> um, I think one big one that came to mind when you were asking is, um, is that, come here, come here. <laughs> He's so cute. He's really is cute. That, um, is that I, you know, I was in the writer's room at Parks and Rec and I kind of felt like, okay, I'm I'm kind of just becoming a writer. Like, because I had been doing stand-up in New York for years prior and came out to LA to write for Sarah Silverman program and, um, and some other shows, I think Kroll Show. And then I wrote for um, Parks and Rec. And I just could start to feel myself, people being like, well, you're a writer, you know? Right, right. And little comments and things. And, you know, I think also like writers... It's like, they're not going to like be like, we're going to, I don't know. Anyway, I just started feeling like if I don't make a move, I'm going to just be a writer. And not to say that be just be a writer is bad, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so right. I left that job, which was a great job being like, I want to 
be performing more because I, I it was hard to do stand up. We worked late a lot of times and yeah. wouldn't till the last minute what time. And it's were- like, yeah, it's all encompassing when you're in those writers' rooms for yeah. Hollywood break for people listening. So it's not yeah. like you would have like so much energy afterwards to go work some new material at Largo. Right. Well, often I'd be waiting, like I'd be like booked on a show and like the clock would just be running and I'd be like, I'm not going to make it. But it would be like up till that. I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. And then I would have to cancel shows and then I wouldn't feel like I could book myself on shows. Mm, anyway, right. and so I, I like was tell I told, you know, Mike and Dan that like, oh, you know, I want to continue to perform and blah, blah, blah. And then I wound up, they put me on, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, I wound up, you know, auditioning and stuff, but um but it was sort of taking this leap of faith in like myself as a performer and, you know, or as even just a hyphenate being like, I don't want to commit to just writing. And it's and so really, was- it's courageous because like, you know, writers are paid pretty well. It's a good living. And yeah. so to know that you're turning your back on that and like taking a risk on yourself and going back to like, banking on when something is going to come along. It's really brave, honestly. Yeah, you know, and I I feel like, I think like uh, there's a lot of faith you have to have in yourself to to do anything in this, this world of entertainment. And I just think like, you know, even Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when I first got that show, I rented a house and I was just like, well, hopefully this stays on the air. But, yeah. you know, I was like, I found this house that was kind of my dream house. And I was like, and it was suddenly on the market as a rental. <gasps> a house that I had walked by a million times. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to rent it and just pray that this show has, you know, some staying success. power. Yeah. And Were you did. able to enjoy living in that house or was it always hanging over your head, like the nervousness of? No, I mean, I think it worked out because the show was, you know, it, it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was up in the air a little bit, but for the most part, I felt like, um, you know, that the creators have a good track record. And yeah. My, my well, aunt. yeah. And like Andy won a Golden Globe like that first yeah. year. At a certain the point, there's signs. That was funny because it's like we won a Golden Globe before the show even really had set off on its path and then never again even nominated. <laughs> I mean, we always got nominated for stunts and stuff. And I, I feel like there's a few, but like, just funny to be like, you're our favorite show. And then never again even like, nominated. <laughs> Not even in a conversation. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, oh, I guess. This is quite a shift. Um, <laughs> I mean, who knows with any of those fucking who things. Knows, but, but I fake. do always think that when those things happen, at least you know that you're that the network's not gonna cancel you that year. Yeah, or like you know what someone I mean? else will hire you because that yes, that's that's on people's radar, you know. Right. You have exactly. that track record. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's a huge, it's, it is a huge pivot, especially like Parks and Rec at that time was, I mean, that was a sure, that was a, a sure thing for you. I should have stayed. No. <laughs> no. No, Chelsea. <gasps> oh my God. Did you miss like anything about being a writer when you, I, I mean. Do. I still do. Because I really do like the stand-up thing was, <sighs> 
you know, I'm trying to think, why did I start stand-up? Oh yeah, because I I felt like no one was gonna, I never thought I would be on a sitcom of any kind. You know? Yeah. And and so I, I, I think I got into stand-up because I was funny and I was like, oh, I can write my own material and have a bit more control over things. And on the other hand, like, as a kid, like, I loved, like, the best of Gilda Radner, SNL, VHS tape, and the best of Eddie Murphy, and, like, comedic movies, like, Holy Grail and stuff like that, like, yeah. more than I loved stand-up. Yeah. You know, it just kind of had an accessibility and a um, some, some lead, not leadership, but, like, agency to it, stand-up. Yeah. Um, but writer's rooms are so collaborative and riffing off other funny people is like one of my favorite things to do. And Mike Schur, the way he would run the room was very giggly and tangential. And I loved that, you know. So fun. Yeah, like being able to explore something wild and then it winds up being in the show is so cool to me. And um, and I miss just being around all these. I mean, also they were all like Harvard kids and like I was not, I don't know. It just felt like I was a girl from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> only in the context of Harvard. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, we just had so many um, ridiculous debates, you know, just people being really smart, but using it for the stupidest things. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I do miss that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll do that again. I know. Do you feel like you would, like, write a show for yourself to star in or something? Or... I do. I'm actually working on that right now. Like, so... Wow. Isn't yeah. that interesting of me? Mm, not special. I don't think you're going to say that. Uh, yeah. Oh, so. that's exciting. Well, yeah. that's the best of both worlds, then. I hope yeah. that works out for you. Thank you. And for me... Are for you doing all that? Of us? No, I mean for me in <laughs> terms of like getting to watch you. We'll get to watch it. <laughs> I don't understand that level of niceness. <laughs> oh, Chelsea. I love that. You're like, oh, you're doing that for yourself as well. Oh, yeah. cool. You're, you're a brand. You. You're also uh-huh. a brand. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's a brand in LA. <laughs> Um, I'm in New York now, Chelsea. Right, you're an outsider. Yeah, Honestly, I don't know about too. Hollywood anymore. I don't live yeah. there. That must feel so good. Uh, yeah, well, in parts, sometimes. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I miss just being warm and working yeah. out and getting celery juice and all that, that right, stuff right. that, like, is so gross. There was this thing on that popped up on my like Explorer feed, guys. And then Chelsea will let you go because we've kept okay. you far too long. But um, but it was like uh, well, they open. It was like someone's t- stupid fucking TikTok or reel or something. They were like, they finally opened the Erewhon in Brooklyn, and they like do this whole thing. It's like. But the very first thing that they say, okay, they're like, they finally opened the Erewhon in Brooklyn. I'm going to take you guys on a tour for like in the very. Beginning, I was like, oh, did they? Because I, I had heard rumors that they're like opening an Erewhon in New York at some point, right? And they're like, first of all, the prices are outrageous. Like even cereal, he, this box of Captain Crunch. And I was like, this is fucking fake. Anyone who's been to Erewhon knows there's no fucking Captain Crunch in it. Yeah. So <laughs> I was is, so annoyed at the New Yorkness. So there's not an Erewhon in No, Brooklyn? it was like, it was like a joke. Like they were making like a joke video, like uh, making fun of Erewhon or something. I don't fucking know. But right. it was so New York because they're such idiots that they've never even been to, or they wouldn't, 
Right. Captain they Crunch would never even be there. Making that point, like they, I don't think. No, they. I no, they weren't though. But and like, yeah. well, or, or if the person was making the vid, literally <laughs> all of the comments were like, "I can't believe they opened an Erewhon." Oh, no, 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 no. Like it was right, just right. crazy. It was like unhinged. I'm like, it was guys, too subtle for people to get. Right. Well, that's you know. And also, cereal's always been notoriously expensive in New York City, regardless. Of, so it's not even like, it's not even, the premise isn't, is, isn't sound. <sighs> Listen, Maybe everything is fucking expensive in New comments. York. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> I do right. sometimes, sometimes I do love it. I have, um, do you comment on people's things or you like people you don't know? Like, sometimes, no, not people I don't know, really. I mean, sometimes if I think something's really funny, I will. But, and, and then, like, I try to be, like, more just, like, nice mm-hmm. in comments. But then Me I'm always too. like, people think this is phony or, like, I don't know. But, like, if I think someone's dress is really cute, I'll be like, I love this dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is this a good use of anyone's time? I don't know. But at least I'm, like, not spreading hate, you know? Yes, I kind of yeah. feel that vibe. True. I feel that. I feel that way. I try yeah. to be supportive of people, um, in my comments, like I will comment on, I'll come, I comment on your shit all the time. Where, like, most of the time, I think Chelsea is lol. <laughs> really? I don't feel like I've seen you comment on my stuff all the time. You're out of your mind. I fucking love your weird videos. You better I comment more. I guess I'm going to now. I'm going to be like, I love up. that dress. And it made me lol. And LOL. Like, me again. Hi. Me again. <laughs> Remember the owl? R.I.P. I mean, Aww. truly. You'll have to get a, a little bit of an order of protection against Busy's commenting on your, yeah, you'll have to I'll, restrict, I'll restrict her restrict commenting. Well, it's also weird, though. Like, I don't understand algorithmically what's happening at this point for any of us because, like, I do feel like I don't know how much you post, but I feel like I bet if I go look, you're probably right because I probably only see one in every, like, 20 posts that you make. I I hate Instagram the way it all works now. Like, I used to like it that I follow people and then I see the things from the people that I follow the day they post them. Now it's like I see stuff from 10 days ago and it seems like it's today. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen anything from this person who I really wanted to see stuff from, like some weird totally. But I see like <laughs> fucking the same person's glam photos 80,000 times. I mean, yes. that happened to me with somebody recently, like where I was like, all my entire feed was just someone's promo for a thing they were doing. And I like, but like every. Was, like, it, I, was it Pete Holmes magic water or something? <laughs> 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 have you seen those oh my god no. he's doing an ad for some special drink but i've definitely gotten a lot of that ad they want I gotta you try it. to know about the magic water that As is hilarious not, like the algorithm has decided for me that it's not the vibe right who knows well, what's your algorithm mine is is dogs bears uh-huh, uh-huh. No, mine is um, mine is d- dresses and jewelry. Hmm, that sounds nice. There and uh, and then like abortion stuff. Oh God! <laughs> like, yeah, it's you know combos. They should make it that you can go to the dark side or the light side. You go on Instagram, you click light or dark a button, 
And I, I this is my same thing with crafty. I think crafty should have a healthy table and a junk food table. Yes. And you choose which table you want to visit. Yeah. But by the way, I feel like you just fixed the internet. At least and social media. And crafty. I think you they, just fixed. But I don't think they'll do it. I think the whole point of, that keeps you clicking is that it's like a weird lottery where you have no idea what you're going to get. And that's part of what keeps your mind kind of hooked on it. Well, this is why we need you in a leadership position. Thank you. Why we need you to direct more films. President mm-hmm. of the internet. President of the internet. I would and love it. also a showrunner who is influencing the craft services choices. Yeah. I did As showrunner, salad. you could I do had that. salad at my movie. <laughs> I made a point of having these wonderful salads every day. Oh, I love and that. It was amazing. That I'll you should say. be running Hollywood. That should have been the terms of the new contract. <laughs> I would have I would have supported. I would have voted yes. <laughs> I mean, I voted Chelsea yes anyway. Peretti, thank you so much yes. for hanging out with us today. I know you have to go do a million interviews for first time female director on Thanks Roku. For, on Roku. Yeah, Roku March 8th. Guys, so Roku everybody visit Roku up. City. And go see. Ugh, we love Roku City. Do you really? I have to get familiar. They showed me it um, in a meeting, and I said, "Whoa, this is interesting." I it's got my favorite show, Roku City. <laughs> Just, I'll watch it for hours. Passing. It's by. atmospheric. It yeah. looks atmospheric, but it's yeah. great. But it's um, great. Yeah. So head I'll to be Roku in there. City and watch first time female director. Everybody, March eighth, first time female director Chelsea Peretti. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks hanging Chelsea. out with nice us. Nice to see you. See you later. Lol. Bye. 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 Ah, it was so good to talk to Chelsea Peretti. It was so great to talk to Chelsea Peretti. I'm sorry I say lol so much, guys. I I apologize. I like now I'm gonna now I'm gonna change my my entire vibe. Maybe she just doesn't know that like all the cool kids say lol. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of LOL cats or lol cats. Do you remember? That meme, that was before you got heavy into memes and became like a meme expert, but... Now a meme queen. Lolcats. Um, no, but I like it. <laughs> well, what's the rest of your day? The rest of my day? I have had a wildly busy week. I'm helping you out with uh, another keynote that you're delivering, so I have to focus on that but um I just I have a bunch of writing assignments and doing some podcasts and and writing assignments for myself so just a bunch of boring stuff and uh still don't have a washer dryer still waiting for Mm. our washer dryer to be repaired Mm. um but you know just just those domestic Highs and lows, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pretty soon we'll get to talk about a th- a fun thing that we're doing together, but not yet. You guys, this has been <laughs> such a journey. Not to yet. Tell you about our journey. <laughs> What's no, the rest excited, of your day? Well, you you know, I've got a you got to write this that, thing. That keynote. Yeah. 
then um, I need to... Oh, I'm going to get a facial because I have to do all this press coming up and like my skin's been kind of acting out. Oh, no. I think just be, well, you know, really, it's like just around my nose is super clog. Like my pores are cloggy. And then I was like, I wonder why. And I'm like, oh, because it's winter. And I've been rubbing my nose, blowing my nose, touching my nose. Right. I don't even have a, I don't have a cold. I haven't been knockwood, haven't been sick, knockwood in a while. But the truth is, it's like you go outside and it's 32 degrees and you walk two blocks and your nose is running. Like it's just the way that the world works, people. Yeah. Under my nose is just constantly red. It's just how it is. And my nose is always constantly running. Like to the point where sometimes I'm like, do I have that thing where like my cerebrospinal fluid is leaking out of my nose? Like sometimes I wonder if my brain is leaking clear liquid, but it's, I think it's, I think no, because my brain would have dried out by now, right? If it was, <laughs> if that was the case. Uh, I think it's just a constantly allergenic runny nose well allergies it's you know allergies are big in los angeles and california yeah and i have just always been a, a real allergies bitch you know me too me too me fucking too like um but yeah i my but where i get my facial is up kind of near central park so i might go a little early and go see flacco's tree Aww. I know. Are they going to do anything to like memorialize? I'm sure. Flacco? I'm sure. sure. Maybe someone will, maybe they'll do a statue, a little statue of Flocks. Um, That would be really cool in Central Park. I would love it. Something we could visit. I think that would be really nice. I think that would be nice too. Well, yeah. I'll keep an eye out to see if there's any news about that. Maybe you'll end up spearheading a, a Flacco statue movement yeah that would be (laughs) really great what are you doing your best at this week well i don't know i guess i'm doing my best at trying to keep it all in perspective keeping it all in perspective trying to keep it all in perspective i guess yeah you know yeah i tend to using using my skills to identify what i'm really upset about (laughs) right because I think frequently you can like get, uh, you can think it's about one thing, but it's really about something else, as we all yeah. know. Or sometimes um, you don't even bother to think about what it is about at all. Like the, for me, anyway, sometimes I'm just like, don't even go, go beyond knowing that I'm upset. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. I'm trying. I'm trying. What are you doing your best at? Um, I am actually this weekend going to be in a play for Women's History Month. I saw this. At the El Portal Theater in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And um, it's a super cool cast of all professional actors. It's called The War of Roses. It's at the Uh El Portal. It's being produced by Anne Potenza Smith, um, who I found out is a relative of Jimmy Kimmel's. (laughs) The reason I know is because Jimmy Kimmel's Aunt Chippy, who you might know from the show, is also... (laughs) 
<laughs> we're like the two, I guess, non-actors in in the play. So it's um, a curated, it's to celebrate Women's History Month and to celebrate women getting the vote. And uh-huh. so it's a bunch of speeches by uh, notable historic figures in the movement to get the vote for women. It's like the vagina monologues, but for suffragettes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And kind of fun. My son Lincoln is going to be in it. He has a little small part that he's doing. That'll be so fun, I think, to do a play with my son. But I'm really looking forward to it because I'm a fan of a lot of the actors that are in it, Retta's in it, and Ever Carradine, Francis Fisher, so many great people. I put them all on Instagram, and there's a link in my stories to get tickets if you want to go. And all the proceeds go to a number of great causes for women, including the National Organization of Women, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole list. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm um, excited. Yeah. Uh, my question is, is that something like, how did it happen? What? Well, our friend Felicia Fasano, casting uh-huh. director extraordinaire, um, just reached out and was like, hey, I'm working on this thing. Is this anything that you'd ever be interested in doing? So um, which is so fun. And it's so cool. Like, Felicia is so great. You know her because of years of acting in Los Angeles. She's, you know, she's a casting person. Everybody who's an actor knows her. Um, But I've gotten to know her and she's gotten to know me, I feel like, through the podcast, which I'm sure she came to, to to listen to you in the first place. And then we've become friendly because we're you know, we don't live far from each other and we have tons of friends in common. And so it's just, A, she's a really great person and she's super fun to just have around when you're doing something social. She's really just the life of the party. But also, it's just really cool to know somebody that's like, you could do this. You, I, I 100% think you could do this. And that's that's what I love about you, Busy, and it's just, it's really nice. It, it's rarer than you would think to have people in your life who are like, oh, this is absolutely something that you would be able to tackle. So yeah, so she just sort of called, I mean, listen, I can't imagine what it must be like trying to round up all of these people that they have, because the list is very, very long. Yeah, um, I saw uh, all the people that were doing it. And I was yeah, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I'm really excited to do it and we'll see how it goes. I'll let you know how it goes. I wish you could be here. I know, me too. <laughs> it's this weekend though, right? Yeah, it's this weekend. It's Friday and Saturday night, two shows. It's going to be so fun. I'm excited to, it's been a long time since I've like, done anything like that since like high school well I love it I'm <laughs> so excited to hear all about it next week thank you and uh that is very exciting yeah yeah I was like for a second I was like I should say no to this you know and then I was just like no say yes like get get out of that comfort zone yeah you know? I think anytime you can say yes to things that make you like feel a little bit uneasy, like in a good way. Yeah. Uneasy in a good way, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're not saying yes to things that make us uneasy in a bad way. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll be safe and fine and and have be surrounded by friends. And I think it'll be really cool. And plus, it's for a good cause. So how can I say no to that? Well, you can't. You can't. I won't let you. <laughs> then I'm excited to see my son. I love watching my son perform. I think he's uh he people always say like, well, of course you think he's great. You're his mom. Actually, no, the opposite. I feel like I would be so anxious for my own kid that it would like cloud my ability to enjoy and think it was great. Like I think that I would be, you know, because you're you want your kid to feel great and safe. And so it actually surprises me every time when I just really enjoy watching him perform because he's having a great time and and he's so easy with it that like I forget that it's my kid and that my instinct would be to be nervous for him. I love that. You know how that is. I do know how that is. <laughs> I do yeah. know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, that's really exciting. Thanks. Um, I'm excited for you to do that. Me too. I'm excited for all of us. <laughs> I'm excited for you guys at home. And I'm hopeful that this week will be a little bit less dramatic uh, than last week. In some ways. In some ways. And take good care of yourselves and do what you got to do. Yeah. To, to protect your your tender hearts. Protect your peace. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think we need to all protect our peace. Yeah. <sighs> all right, guys. Guys, we love you. And we'll talk to you soon. So soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no.